You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadiens, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Michael Spinella, and I'll be your host for the next hour. This is episode 206 of the Canadians Connection podcast, and I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, the editor-in-chief, the founder, and the president of Rocket Sports, Mr. Rick Stevens. Rick, how are you doing on this last Saturday of August? The last Saturday in August. Wow, we made it through the summer, just about. And uh, we know what September means. That means hockey is back on ice. And and we're really excited about that. And um, so we thought that for episode 206, for the last podcast in in, uh, August, as you say, that we should focus on, given that... We know now that this is going to be the season for the Montreal Canadiens that's focused on intentions, not results, that we should focus on prospects. Um, and, and, and not just development of prospects, but developing prospects the right way. Um, and we know that hasn't been the case in the past. That's exactly right. And uh, I guess to give everyone an idea of what to expect on this episode, we're starting things off with some Habs news. Then we'll head over to the prospect report and we'll get an update from around the league as there are a few transactions that happened that were relatively significant. And then in segment two, which I think you were just trying to tease, uh, we take an in-depth look at the Habs player development over the past few years. And, uh, well, uh, a former Habs goalie in uh, Charlie Lindgren is going to stop by to talk with Rick and Amy. So we're very excited about that. And in segment three, that will uh, take us to our Canadians Connection question of the week. Which Hab prospect are you most excited to see play with the Canadians? Rick, uh, what is the best way for our listeners to interact with us? Well, we uh, a couple episodes back, we had a mailbag, and and uh, you got a sense there as uh, how frequently our listeners interact with us. Some of them send us questions on social media. Some of us send uh, some of you send uh, us an email info at allhabs.net. Most popular way, maybe the easiest way, is to send us a text. And we've set up a Rocket Sports text line. It's easy to remember, 585-3ROCKET, 585-3ROCKET. Send us a text anytime, 24 hours a day. 
You can also follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can visit the website CanadiansConnection.com. We'll start things off uh, with our interesting headline of the week here. Uh, Nick Suzuki and Josh Anderson were part of the championship winning team in the LSHL. Uh, the LSHL is uh, the Living Sisu Hockey League. Uh, it's a professional summer three-on-three league. They have a, a men's division and a women's division. It's uh, hosted in Mount Royal, Quebec. And, uh, well, we also got to see Yuri uh, Slavkovsky and uh, Philippe Michard on a team, along with some other Habs and players from around the NHL. It, um, you know, on my timeline on, on uh, Twitter, uh, there was a picture uh, that caught my attention. It was uh, Nick Suzuki in full equipment uh, raising a cup over his head. And I thought, uh, well, what? <laughs> What's happening here? And yes, as you said, it's uh, the three-on-three the, um, three hockey, um, lots of, of uh, NHL players involved, lots of NHL players who spent the summer in, uh, at least part of the summer in Montreal, um, so on teams, you found um, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Chris Letang, two names that were uh, talked about over the summer by Canadians fans, uh, former Canadians goaltender Zach Fucali, Anthony Bavillier, you know, uh, um, Canadians fans also were hoping to see him in a, in a Habs uniform. Jonathan Drouin was there, Marco Scandella, uh, David Perron, Louis Deming, I'm, I'm Michael McNiven, there was a, a long list, and the championship team was captained by Laurent Dauphin uh, with Josh Anderson, Nick Suzuki, Alexander Carrier, former Canadian uh, Michael Chaput, Sam Aslan, and in goal, um, Michael McNiven. Um, so it's, it's um, you mentioned the name Living Sisu. Um, Sisu is a, um, is a Finnish term, um, and it describes a... Really, their culture, a cultural philosophy of 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 life, um, and I I don't know that there's there's in particular a, a, a direct translation in English, but um, it's often described as as combining a, a lifestyle that combines determination, tenacity, bravery, resilience, um, perseverance, all those things. Um, and so this organization has taken this philosophy and tried to provide resources, uh, for, um, and a a platform for well-being. And part of what they do is bring NHLers together, uh, for this, uh, this tournament, um, which was kind of fun held at the, you said Mount Royal and the Cortex facilities, um, Kent Hughes's old, uh, agency and and uh gives uh players uh, a way to to uh to play to be competitive and um in the end we have as you said uh um nick suzuki josh anderson uh being part of the uh winning team make sure to check out habs notepad and habs headlines appearing regularly at allhabs.net there were a few uh, things that happened in the Habs roster this past week. To start, the Canadians announced that Sean Monahan will be wearing sweater number 91 this season. Uh, the last Canadian who wore that number, Scott Gomez. Uh, the only other Canadian that wore that number, in fact, uh, number 91. Uh, it's a little bit, uh, it's not a normal number that you would see. Does he know that? Does he know who we're, <laughs> I guess he does. <laughs> 
Um, and uh, not sure the significant. I'm sure there's a, a sig- significance probably to the number 19 or or 91 for him. In Calgary, he wore um, sweater number 23. Of course, that jersey has been retired for Bob Ganey, and it's tough for new players who are, you know, known by a certain jersey number when they come to the Montreal Canadiens uh, who have 15 of their sweater numbers uh, retired and up in the rafters. So hopefully uh, the lucky number 91 works out well for him. Joel Ar- Yoel Armia is training with Pori Asat in his hometown in Finland as he prepares for training camp. Armia spent three seasons playing uh, in Liga for Pori Asat uh, between 2010 and 2013. And uh, it's uh, the, the tweet, and, and there's a little video to go with it, um, uh, says uh, that, that Armia looks great and is ready for the season. And uh, uh, it's been a pretty successful offseason for Yol Armia. Um, we talked about him getting married. We talked about a, you know, a new child. Um, and we remember that at the end of the end of May, um, he went to the world championships, uh, which were, were held in, in Finland, uh, this season. Um, and Finland, uh, won a gold medal. Armia won a gold medal and was, he was an integral part of that. Uh, they beat Canada four, three in, uh, overtime in the gold medal game, uh, Armia scored the third goal in that game, I believe, and had a great tournament with uh, five goals, uh, three assists, uh, and was a team leading plus nine. So hopefully that and 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 this brief look at him uh, practicing with his former team is um, you know, a signal of of what's to come, and and hopefully he has a good start uh, to his season. Well, another had that uh, won a medal earlier this year is also in the news. Yuri Slavkovsky, uh, he will attend the 12th annual NHLPA Rookie Showcase. Uh, it will be held on September the 6th at Ar- in Arlington, Virginia. Other uh, invites include young guns like Dylan Holloway, Shane Wright, Yaro As- Askarov, and uh, Ryan Suzuki. That's uh, Nick Suzuki's brother, uh, prospect with the Hurricane. Shane Wright will be there, Owen Power. Uh, there, there's uh, a who's who of, of all of the uh, draft picks, first-round picks from the 2020 uh, um, dra- um, NHL entry draft as well as, as 2021, uh, sorry, 2022 and 2021 um, first-round picks. Um, and to be held at the uh, Washington Capitals uh, Iceplex, which is uh, their practice facility just outside of D.C. in Arlington. Program 34 announced uh, that the Jake Allen Charity Golf Tournament raised $75,000 this summer. Uh, The money will go towards seven different charities in the Fredericton region. Yeah, this is, uh, we, we've talked about this before. Um, he, he puts on a great event. It includes a question and answer with young fans. Um, and uh, they've been very successful um, raising money. That, that 75000 is added to the total um, that he's raised over the last few years uh, through that charity, through that golf tournament. Uh, they stand at 490000 uh, overall, and and uh, so next year's tournament will bring them over the half million dollar mark. Uh, really well done uh, to uh, to Jake and his wife and and all that are involved in that tournament. 
Yeah, I really like seeing uh, NHL players off the ice do uh, really nice things for charities and put on great events like this. Mm-hmm. Now it's time for a Habs Prospect Report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. Last Saturday, while you were listening to the latest episode of Canadians Connection, the World Juniors Championships for 2022 came to an end. Uh, Canada won gold, so that means gold medals for Joshua Waugh and Riley Kidney. Finland comes away with the silver medal. Uh, Oliver Kapanen and Paturi Nurmi were the Habs prospects on that team. And unfortunately for Jan Mishak, uh, Czechia places in fourth. They lost uh, the bronze medal to the USA. And Jan Mishak had a great tournament. He looked really good uh, throughout. Um, successful uh, tournament for the Canadians' prospects. Five going in, uh, four win medals. That's uh, that that's pretty good. Uh, we talked about the tournament, how it was in an awkward time, and uh, because of circumstances. Uh, attendance was an issue. wasn't in that gold medal game where there was 13,000 people watching the golden save by Mason McNavish, uh, McTavish and then the uh, Canada winning that in overtime a short time later. It was, um, yeah, I, I, I think everybody's going to be feel much better uh, when it goes back to the uh, traditional Christmas, uh, New Year's week uh, format, which it will in a few months. Uh, but good on the organizers for allowing, uh, providing a place for these prospects to play. Canadians goaltending prospect Jakob Dobis was on the ice last week as a practice for the 2022-23 Ohio State team got underway. Uh, the fifth round pick in 2020 for Montreal also spent last season with Ohio State. Had a great season with Ohio State uh, last year. Um, we don't, we haven't talked much about uh, Canadians' uh, goaltending prospects, but Jakob Dobas is an interesting one. Uh, the uh, for the, uh, it'll be an interesting season for him um, in terms of he'll participate in something called face-off in the on the lake uh, in February of 2023, an outdoor game between the Ohio State Buckeyes and uh, their arch rivals, the Michigan Wolverines, um, all in Big Ten action. Uh, this is this will happen at First Energy Stadium, which is the uh, Cleveland, the NFL Cleveland Browns Stadium, uh, be uh, in the neighborhood of seventy thousand people. Um, so, a wonderful experience uh, for Jakob Dobis uh, as he looks forward to this upcoming season. Uh, Jakob Dobis is uh, six foot four, so if you do attend that game, you'll have absolutely no problem being able to see this goaltender wherever <laughs> you're sitting. Yes, yeah, and, and we'll see what kind of setup he has this year. He had a very uh, attractive uh, goaltending setup last year um, and, and was unmistakable at that point. Be sure to read all the content at AHL.Report and listen to slash subscribe to The Press Zone. Episodes come out every Tuesday evening. 
Now uh, we have our quotes of the week. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens released a behind-the-scenes video titled Inside the Canadiens Draft Meetings. So you got to see uh, behind the scenes leading up to uh, this year's draft and a little bit during the draft. You got to see all the different amateur scouts and uh, Montreal's entire front office pretty well discussing, you know, who are the best players. You got to take a They also uh, showed some snippets of uh, them interviewing various players one of those guys was uh, Owen Beck um yeah and and listen I, I guess we should say that um the, the fans welcome these kinds of things any opportunity to uh get in behind the scenes uh is always going to uh, be received uh positively um, after the, the draft, just after the draft, uh, we saw a behind the scenes look, uh, that ESPN put together ESPN plus, uh, called welcome to the NHL. We promoted it here. I thought it was great. There was lots of energy as they followed, uh, Yoris Levkovsky and, and a couple of other prospects. Um, and it, it was, it was really, really slick and well done. Uh, and gave you, a, for those that couldn't be at the draft, a, a sense of, of what it was like. Um, I, I've watched, uh, over the last couple of months, um, a dozen or so behind-the-scenes um, looks from other teams. Um, and, and, yeah, I think all fans appreciate it. I, I just wonder why it took so long for the Canadians um, to get, to get this out. And, and this was very different. It was less a focus on, um, on the players and more a focus on, um, on the discussions, uh, surrounding the draft picks. Um, and you know, much of the discussion, much of the, of the, uh, reveal on the, on the prospects came from the combine, the NHL combine that was happened, that happened in Buffalo. And they, they, they uh, put some quotes out from and some video of uh, Yaris Levkovsky and and it was good. But we, we've, for the most part, we've we've heard the quotes. We've we've seen the video before. Um, Owen Beck, um, taken by the Canadians with their first pick in the second round, uh, probably not one uh, that you've have heard. Uh, as much about. So we thought it would be appropriate for us to, to feature Owen back here. How are you in the face-off? Very good. Like how good? Best in the OHL. Oh, yeah? yeah. I didn't know that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the Bobby Smith This kind of uh, the Scholastic Player of the Year. So I had, uh, you know, a very good average in, in school and, uh, you know, had a successful season as well that uh, allowed me to win that award. We you can be balanced like two very, very busy things in your life. Good work ethic and uh, good time management skills. You're on the road, you get back home, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning. You're gonna do what I do, eh? You just gotta sleep in and blow it off, no? No, mm-hmm. I, uh, I don't think I slept in once after a long road trip. Where do you get the drive from, though? Or is it just part of your personality? You wanna succeed at whatever the heck you do? Yeah, I just wanna be the best that I can be, you know, at everything that I, uh, you know, set my mind to and everything that I do. That's a Canadian psychologist that uh, that's leading the the questioning at the interview. Owen Beck, um, uh, very impressive, uh, very poised, uh, very mature, uh, very direct and and to the point uh, answers, uh, very confident. 
Um, uh, it, very impressive. Uh, his interview was said to be very impressive, and it, it certainly comes out there. Um, as he said, led the the NHL, or sorry, led the OHL in in faceoff percentage. At the same time, uh, he won uh, the Scholastic Award for uh, best student, uh, best um, um, player in, in as far as his student grades in the OHL. Um, so smart, confident, and, and, and very poised. It was, uh, a really impressive interview. Yeah. Interesting look behind the scenes there. I don't know how crazy I am about all of the questions that, uh, the Montreal Canadiens <laughs> seem to like, uh, potential prospects, but, uh, you know what? I, I think they have a really nice one in, uh, Owen Beck. Yep. Me too. We also got to hear from uh, Eric Crawford, um, talking about Lane Hudson. Hudson. In professional hockey, the percentage of defensemen that are doing what you're saying that this guy does is extremely rare. The In our prospect group, there is no one. Um, and each team that is a contending team in the National Hockey League right now has this player. So if we're talking about that player in the third round, that's, that's pretty good value in my estimation. This is fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Why is that? Because this is the draft, the NHL draft. You're talking about prospects. You're, you've got around your table all of your um, amateur scouting staff, all of your, uh, your scouts, and you're bringing your scouts from Europe, you're bringing your scouts from the U.S., and they're all sitting around with their notes and talking about players that they've scouted during the year. On first blush, Eric Crawford doesn't belong there. Because Eric Crawford, by the way, um, brother of Mark Crawford, who um, you might, Ottawa Wild Senators fans <laughs> might know. Um, Eric Crawford is the director of pro scouting. What's the difference? Pro scouting, uh, that's once you turn pro. Uh, these are the scouts that, that go around and, um, and scout, you know, the AHL, players in the NHL. Um, to for trades and, and compile uh, all the information uh, on them. Um, what Eric Crawford is saying is, first of all, um, the, the, the way you have described Lane Hudson to me um, is we don't have anybody like him in the organization. I know all of our prospects and I follow all of our prospects. We don't have anybody like him. Secondly, I know in scouting other teams that every contending team in the NHL has a guy like him. Um, and, and so he's, he's saying, you know, if what you say is true, uh, this is an important piece to add to our prospect pool. Um, and I thought it was, it was just a, th- that kind of behind-the-scenes um, knowledge and insight is, is, uh, is very interesting to me. Yeah, Layden Hudson is a guy that a lot of people have said that's really good value for a prospect drafted in a later round. I'm curious as to what qualities he was referring to that Lane Hudson has, as well as a lot of other defensemen on uh, contending teams. I'm wondering if that has to do with uh, maybe the offensive upside, maybe? Uh, probably, because uh, as we know, size will be an issue. Um, there, That's the question. That's the reason... Uh, if you know, we, we we heard many scouts say that if he had, um, you know, a couple more inches and a few more pounds, he would be a first round pick. 
um, and uh, and maybe even move into the top ten. So it isn't like this is a, a slam dunk. Um, there is some risk with this pick, uh, but the qualities that he has, um, you know, are they a Tory Krug? Well, we we he's been compared to that player, but we won't know. He's he's uh, still has some development uh, developing to do. Yeah, definitely a guy who I have my eyes on going uh, into the next season. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also heard from Nick Bobrov. Uh, he provides his closing argument on why the Montreal Canadiens should draft Uri Slavkovsky. You know, hockey historians are paying attention to what this guy managed to achieve. At what age? To be at the World Championship at the age of 16 is unprecedented. No one has done that. Even in the 80s and the 70s and obviously what he's done on the big stages this year is also pretty much unprecedented he just has that personality to want to take the bulls by the horn he wants to own the moment the situation i just talked to guys who had him at the world olympics this morning i said you know you kept bumping him up the lineup okay he goes to the olympics fourth line to the first line because other guys were not carrying the mail. All of a sudden he ends up on that line and that line is carrying the mail. Same thing happens at the world. So he's doing it with that drive, desire, owning the moment and it's a personality trait. It's more than just a skill, a hockey skill. He just has that personality trait that wants to own the stage. And I think he has proven that to the world of hockey, that he is not a one-hit wonder, okay, that he is repeating those performances. We saw him at TPS in the playoffs. He was excellent. And he just kept getting better and better and better. Every month, every shift, every tournament. Lastly, a country of five million has been talking about this kid for, what, three years now? Four years now? The pressure on him is a country. And so far, he's handled it unbelievably well. So to gauge how the kid can handle pressure, I think there's evidence, and the proof is in the pudding, not only through the tournaments, but through this period of time of maybe two and a half years, three years, where he's been the next one. And he kept getting better while under pressure of that five million population. So that was a long clip. That was a two-minute clip. But we wanted to play the entire clip so that you will put it into context for you. As Michael said, this is this is Bob Roth, Nick Bob Roth, new to the organization. This is his closing argument about why the organization should choose Yuri Slavkovsky. Now, in a closing argument, if you're in a courtroom, if you're in the courtroom and Nick Bob Roth is your defense lawyer and he makes this kind of closing argument, you're going to jail. <laughs> you're going to jail um, because it was a terrible... We, we said what we like here, but this was awful. This was... Um, you know, we can, we can <laughs> go through and replay it and count the cliche. We had a bit of a discussion in, in our uh, Rocket Sports Slack group about this. Uh, the cliches that he uses... Um, you know, uh, not a one-hit wonder. The proof is in the pudding. Take the, uh, he says, bulls by the horn. 
um, owning the moment, owning the stage. Uh, he carried the mail. Uh, all of these empty phrases that are absolutely meaningless. Um, where is, where is, where are the stats? Where, where is uh, the insight? Where are the qualities that you want? Uh, this was awful. And um, especially his, his concluding phrase that, well, you know, he's handled the pressure um, of, uh, of an entire country of 5 million people in Slovakia. Really? Really? Um, and Slovakia is, is as hockey mad as, as uh, Canada? No, I don't think so. Uh, what about the 35 million um, in Canada and the pressure that, that Shane Wright had? This was, this was really poorly argued, uh, in my opinion. Um, you know, and, and listen, I, you know, weeks ago, we've moved on from any kind of controversy of, uh, or, or a, a debate about Slavkovsky, Wright, and Cooley. We know that, that the Canadians themselves debated this right to the last, the day of the draft. Uh, and, and I came out of it with um, being somewhat confident that the Canadians had done their full due diligence and that they had made the right selection in Yuri Slavkovsky. And, and maybe he will turn out to be the right guy. Maybe he turns out to be the, the correct pick. But it won't be for the reasons pre- presented by Bob Ruff. Um, I thought this was... And, and listen, um, uh, there, earlier in the video, we saw Ken Hughes. He had, he had framed this really well for his group. Um, he, he, he said, which player, and I quote, which player has the most upside as an NHL player in the future? Not today. Not what they've done, but as far as projections, which has the most upside? And, you know, it's, it's, uh, you have to presume that, that overall they felt that that player is Uri Slavkovsky, and I'm, I'm willing to believe that, but not based on what Nick Bobrov said here. Yeah, some unfortunate quotes. I don't know if this was just editing. They didn't want to necessarily give away any of their... I guess, inside information or like what happened there. Maybe this was literally Nick Bovrov's closing argument for why they should draft Slavskovsky. But uh, I agree. He could very well be the best player in this draft, but I don't think it's for the reasons that were presented in that clip. Yeah, it's um, and, and, you know, acknowledged we weren't going to get any kind of discussion or debate uh, that, that it's just not, it's just not the way you would put that out. Uh, you're not going to get any kind of comments about Shane Wright because he now belongs to another team. We understand that completely. Um, but I was, you know, I guess I'm more impressed by by a, a hockey scout like Matt Turek, uh, the uh, the Canadian scout for the OHL, um, where he was pretty passionate about uh, when he talked about Owen Beck and said, if he's available at 26 with our our uh, second first round pick. I'm pounding the table for him. He didn't. He didn't go on to give his reasons why, but there was a certain amount of passion there, um, and you trust that. Uh, and, and they ended up getting, as I said, Owen Beck early in the in the second round. But um, anyway, I, I loved what Owen Beck said. Uh, love what Eric Crawford said. Didn't care so much about what <laughs> Nick Bobrov had to say there. Yeah, so it's on YouTube if anyone wants to check out the full video. I, I recommend it. It's a pretty interesting uh, little... It's it's relatively short, too. It's a good video to watch. Yep. 
We'll uh, take a look at some hockey news from around the league. There were uh, some pretty major transactions that went down uh, to start the Montreal, or sorry, the Carolina Hurricanes uh, signed free agent Paul Stastny to a one-year, one-point-five million dollar contract. Uh, there was a rumor that uh, Stastny was offered a contract by Vegas for more money, but he turned that down to go to Carolina. Well, Carolina uh, certainly has uh, put them put together a pretty good team in the uh, in the off season, and they were already quite good. Stastny is a nice piece, especially for that money. Um, he can play, you know, up and down your lineup. Uh, he's good at, at at both ends of the ice. Pretty still pretty productive. Uh, on the offensive side, um, you know, was a key piece to the Jets. They would have liked to have uh, brought him back, but um, I, I like this uh, this signing for the Hurricanes. The Vegas Golden Knights signed free agent Phil Kessel to a one-year, $1.5 million contract. I'll note that Vegas still does not know what they're doing with their goaltending situation, but, hey, they added another veteran winger. Boy, their cap space is, wow. Uh, but with Leonard and with Weber on LTIR, they'll, they'll have some relief there. Uh, Phil Kessel is, is um, you know, kind of been forgotten, I guess, uh, in Arizona and, and has something to prove in joining a team uh, who expects to be more competitive than they were uh, last season. Yeah, still a very good player, so hopefully he's a nice fit there. The NHL is going ahead with plans for a World Cup of Hockey in February 2024. Uh, The last World Cup was in 2016. Um, I'm not sure how to feel about this event, uh, given that we've missed the NHL going to many, many Olympics in the last few years. Um, I I guess it's something. Yeah, I I'm 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 with you. I you know I have my um, Team Canada 2016 uh, shirt with uh, the entire roster on it. Um, mm-hmm. But I it was a hard tournament to get behind. Um, the the format was quirky and and the teams were kind of odd. Uh, but this is something that um, I suppose uh, the players wanted and and um, so. Uh, Deputy Commissioner, NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly is on a bit of a European tour and um, he announced that plans are, 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 he says, we're moving full steam ahead with this. Uh, So this is uh, likely to happen uh, in February. Um, They're they're carved out a 17-day window in the uh, 2024 schedule. Yeah, interesting uh, that uh, the last time this happened, it was before the NHL preseason started. It was in early September. I think a lot of people lost interest in this tournament as soon as the preseason got underway. So uh, I guess they maneuvered it uh, so that it would not conflict with uh, the NHL. We'll see. I'm open to the idea. We'll see if they can make this into a good tournament. Former Canadian and Hall of Famer Ken Dryden gives his thoughts on the upcoming 50-year anniversary of the 1972 Summit Series, Canada versus the Soviets. It was a defining moment for um, Canada as a country, for Canadian hockey, uh, the eight-game tournament, um, you know, and anyone who was... Alive at that point, any hockey fan remembers exactly where they were and, and what happened. Coming up to the 50th anniversary on uh, September 28th, uh, and I'm sure that we'll see all kinds of, of uh, remembrances and, and, um, and ceremonies for the, this milestone. 
Um, but as that comes up, Ken Dryden gave a, a, an interview with The Athletic, and they talked about all kinds of different uh, uh, things. But uh, interestingly enough, um, he, the conversation, uh, and, and it was Ken Dryden himself that turned the conversation to Carey Price. And, and Ken Dryden, we know, be, has said before, uh, that Carey Price, in his mind, is, is uh, you know, the greatest goalie of his gener of of Carey's generation um but the question uh, Ken was asked um you have two children and four grandchildren do you have any goalies Ken Dryden says actually both our grandsons are goalies oh no kidding Ken replies our son was not it's both our grandsons and the reason they're goalies is because they love Carey Price and both my grandsons wear the number 31. Wait a minute, says the interviewer. Not 29? Nope. Nope. 31. Oof. That, that's powerful. That is incredibly powerful. And over the last week, because of the difficult news we've seen uh, Kent Hughes uh, reveal, uh, there's been all kinds of... of discussion about Carey Price and we're not we're not going to get back into that um I think we'll wait until we have uh, until training camp and we know more about uh his plans and his future and and his injury um but you and I I had shared you a couple of of charts about over the last 15 years Carey Price is uh been the best goaltender in the National Hockey League I mean it's not even close uh by the by the the advanced stats um and here's someone the legendary ken dryden um and his grandsons uh are huge fans and look up to carrie price and choose the number 31 i just i thought that was uh incredible um and and ken very proud of the fact you know he, he didn't not taking it as a a slight to his career. He's just proud that his his grandsons have a goaltender as great as Carey Price to look up to. Well, I guess we can keep an eye on his uh, grandchildren to see uh, where they end up through the years. <laughs> Perhaps uh, future Habs. Who knows? We'll we'll keep an eye on that. And uh, definitely a cute story there that uh, both of them look up to Carey Price uh, when they have a Hall of Fame grandfather. That's uh, it's pretty neat. Yeah, absolutely. So continuing on uh, with The Athletic, uh, Corey Pronman put out an article uh, entitled NHL Pipeline Rankings. Uh, he goes around the league and he ranks all the prospect pools uh, uh, for every team in the NHL, starting with one going to 32. The Canadians come in at number seven. Coming at seven, and that's up from 12th, where they were ranked uh, last year. And with these prospect rankings, with you know, Hockey News does them, Athletic, and a number of, of, of outlets do. Um, Corey Pronman, um, the players that he includes are, are a little bit different. Um, many kind of graduate um, once once players have played so many NHL games that they're kind of graduated out of the prospect pipeline pool. Um, Pronman just uses age. So for his rankings, if a player is a, a player is eligible, and I'm, I'm reading here, if they are 22 years old or younger as of September 15th, makes it really easy, September 15th, 2022. So that means that almost every draft prospect uh, selected uh, between the 2018 and 2022 draft is, is in, 
uh, they are included in uh, in these rankings. Um, so as you said, the Canadians, and, and and you'd expect that with the first overall pick, with two first round picks uh, for the Canadians to move up uh, from twelfth to seventh. Um, and you might ask who else is, is in that neighborhood. Number one, the Buffalo Sabres. Number two, Detroit Red Wings. Number three, uh, New Jersey Devils. Number four, the Anaheim Ducks. Number five, the Ottawa Senators. If you're recognizing all of those uh, teams were neighbors of the Montreal Canadiens at the bottom of the standings last year, and that's what you'd expect, the bottom um, the, the folks at the bottom, the teams at the bottom, uh, they have the best opportunities to draft and should have the best prospect pool. The oddity here is number six, and that is the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, they have the good fortune or, or uh, good planning of being both one of the NHL's top teams last year, as well as having um, the, the, the best prospect pool, six best in, in Corey Pronman's estimation. Yeah, I, I I think that's I think that's incredible. They they obviously are doing something right. Yeah, full credit to uh, the Hurricanes. There, uh, they have drafted really really well over the past few years, and on top of that, they've added many good players, particularly this past off season, Like we said, and it did not cost them a whole lot to bring in Pacioretty, Burns, or Statsny. So. Look out for the Carolina Hurricanes over what could be the next decade. <laughs> At the bottom of the uh, of Promen's list, um, we talked before about Carol uh, about Calgary. Their prospect pool is pretty thin. They're at twenty eight. The Penguins at number thirty. Tampa Bay uh, trading away a lot of first round picks. They're at thirty one. And the Bruins, to many Canadians uh, fans' delight. The Boston Bruins, their pipeline pool is ranked dead last in the National Hockey League. Um, the last thing we'll, I'll say about, uh, this, uh, this pipeline ranking is, uh, in addition to ranking the teams, he's also ranked, uh, the individual prospects within each team. Um, so for the Canadians, his top six prospects are Uri Slavkovsky. Okay. First overall, that's to be expected. Cole Caulfield. Um, at number two, Kirby Doc maybe a bit of a surprise at number three, uh, and he says this is a risky kind of pick because uh, um, you know Kirby Doc hasn't lived up to his his draft uh, position uh, yet, but hopes that he can turn things around. Number four, Caden Gooley. Number five, Justin Barron, and we're talking about him. Um, uh, earlier, number six, he has Lane Hudson. Uh, so, four, five, and six, all defensemen for the Montreal Canadiens um, in terms of their prospect rankings. Uh, number ones to five, I believe those are all guys drafted in the first round. Uh, yeah. Maybe not necessarily by them in the case of Doc, but uh, you know what? That's a, that's a pretty impressive collection of prospects, I for think. For sure. So uh, we are going to take our first break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Uh, coming up, we're going to have our big topic. Uh, Charlie Lindgren will uh, join Rick and Amy. Stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. College football is back. It's time to enjoy the tradition, the fun, and the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. To celebrate the best time of the year, right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets instantly. 
win or lose. If that's not enough action, you can also place a same-game parlay for a shot at an even bigger payout. Just combine multiple bets into one, like which team will get the win, which team to score first, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 and over in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for terms and resources. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. One per new customer. Minimum $5 deposit and wager. $200 issued as eight $25 free bets. Welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Michael Spinella, and you can find me on Twitter at the Spinella. With me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can follow him at All Habs on Twitter. You can also follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Plus, visit the website CanadiansConnection.com. Just a reminder to subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player or on your favorite podcast app. This is our big topic segment, and we are going to call this one the one that got away. Uh, we will take a look at the Habs player development over the years, and, well, we're going to get to hear from Charlie Lindgren right at the end. Yeah, what, what, is, um, what is player development, and, um, um, you know, how... What do the Canadians have to do differently? And and you know you hear a lot of um, of fans kind of say, "Oh, I'm so glad that Trevor Timmons is gone. Oh, I'm so glad that Sylvain Lefebvre is gone. Oh, I'm so glad." You know, and blaming it all on 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 a draft, on a on a uh, you know on a coach, on a and and uh, a development system isn't. Uh, I mean, that's a kind of a simplistic view. Um, it was. It's up to the uh, general manager to put in place a system for development that includes good drafting. Actually, the Canadians did rather well when when you compare when Trevor Timmons was allowed to make his pick and he wasn't overruled by a Mark Bergevin or a Jeff Molson, or the pick was traded away by by uh, Mark Bergevin. Um, you know the 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 coaching at the AHL level. Mark Bergevin um, micromanaged that. Mike, uh, it, the the direction as far as w- what line uh, a player would play, a prospect would play on, whether they would play on the power play or the penalty, all of that came from Mark Bergevin. Um, so, and 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 to the to the next level, prospects need to be welcomed and given opportunities at the NHL level. And and Mark Bergevin had two three coaches that um, were probably the worst when it came to 
uh, working with prospects and and integrating them into helping them graduate or transition to the NHL. Those in in uh, those coaches being Michelle Terrian, Claude Julian, and Dom Descharm. None of them liked uh, prospects. So. Um, when we look back, it's it's an overall system that, uh, and a and a um, kind of a holistic approach that uh, Kent Hughes and and uh, um, and Jeff Gordon have to they have to make changes throughout in order to uh, support uh, pro- prospects uh, to 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 gather the information necessary to draft them to support them and support them at uh, at all levels uh, in the organization to. to to make sure that they are successful. Yeah, the proof will be in the pudding. Uh, we won't know right away, but as of now, the Habs front office appears to be dedicated to bringing a new approach to player development. Uh, Hughes is put is uh, committed to putting resources and support in place for uh, to develop uh, positive relationships with young players to quote get the best out of everyone and to have everyone pulling together. So it sounds like he's seeing the right thing. I've liked what I've seen from this front office so far this summer. But uh, we will see how things go forward. Uh, you mentioned Mark Bergevin uh, being someone that uh, wasn't particularly good with the player development. In fact, a lot of players' development suffered under Bergevin. Uh, he made many questionable decisions uh, and oftentimes uh, players' development would be stunted, it would go unfulfilled, and then they join other organizations and turn out to be pretty decent players. Uh, I think the probably the most famous example of this uh, at this point is uh, with uh, Yasperi Kokanyemi uh, being forced directly into the NHL without really a thought given to player development, uh, and it didn't go so well for him here in Montreal. All of a sudden, he goes to the Hurricanes. He's given different opportunities. He's put in different places where he can succeed. Uh, Taken off uh, center, moved to the wing where they thought he might fit a little bit better. And uh, you know what? He got himself a nice long-term contract with the Hurricanes. And, and, um, you know, I I think you mentioned about Kent Hughes. Uh, He understands that you have to build relationships he had that experience as a player agent and building relationships, getting to know players, understanding them. Um, and rather than, you know, he said when he was hired, rather than just uh, giving up on them, throwing them on the, the trash, he understanding what we need to do as an organization to help them be the best player that they can be. And, and uh, Kakanyemi is, is a perfect example. Uh, Galchenyuk is an example, is a good example. Um, and Charlie Lindgren is a, is a great example. And, and we think about, um, the Canadians experience, particularly with, with goaltenders and you have, uh, Michael McNiven, we mentioned his name earlier. Um, um, you know, he was, he was a CHL goaltender, um, uh, of the year. Uh, Zach Fukali was, was, um, uh, a, a champion in, in the queue, uh, Charlie Lindgren um, was uh, an excellent prospect, and Mark Bergevin, uh, when he signed him as 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 a free agent, uh, uh, he was undrafted, uh, coming out of St. Cloud, uh, but he had been uh, NCHC goaltender of the year, uh, ridiculous numbers, uh, top goaltender. And uh, um, maybe Michael, you can read the quote uh, from from Mark Bergevin. 
who sound thrilled when um, when he successfully recruited it, recruited and signed um, um, Charlie Lindgren. Yeah, so coming from Mark Bergevin after he signed Charlie Lindgren, we are very happy to have reached an agreement with Charlie Lindgren. Lindgren was in our mind one of the best free agent goaltenders available coming out of the U.S. college level. He made the decision to join the Canadians organization and will complete the season with the team. Lindgren is a top goaltender coming out of college and becomes an excellent prospect for our organization, bringing bringing some depth to that position. So you hear that Bergevin was pretty excited to bring this guy on board. He had some very high hopes uh, for Charlie Lindgren. It sounds almost like he expected Lindgren to be able to turn pro or at least NHL fairly quickly. Uh, But I guess his opinion on Charlie Lindgren changed after a little while because uh, it didn't sound like uh, the development process for Lindgren went very well within the Canadians organization. When he, when he signed, um, Lindgren was 22 um, with the St. Cloud uh, Huskies. He had a record of 39 and one uh, led all NCAA uh, goalies in wins in saves had five shutouts um, and was named NCHC, as I said, Goaltender of the Year. He's on the NCHC first All-Star team, uh, All-American team. Um, this, was, this was a big get for Mark Bergevin uh, and the Montreal Canadiens. And then you're tossed into the prospect pool and, and, and you know, sink or swim without any kind of appropriate uh, support. Every time Charlie Lindgren was, uh, was recalled, um, he performed. I, I remember uh, his first shutout at Chicago Stadium. Um, really young in his career, he did um, he did amazing things, and and uh, and and uh, you know was but but wasn't there and 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 treated as a um, a proper prospect and and supported, um, and uh, you know I, I guess things all kind of came to a head. Um, during the the 2020-21 season where he spent the entire season on the taxi, that's the COVID season, he was on the taxi squad, that third goaltender, that goaltender who didn't have a net in practice. He was there, um, he was on the ice, uh, and he'd sub in, and that's how he spent the season. How is that development for a young goaltender, especially one that you may want to graduate as your backup uh, to carry price. Um, it was, it, and, and then when there was injuries at the end of that season, uh, they, they leapfrogged, uh, Caden Primo and Primo didn't fare very well, um, over Charlie Lindgren, who had been the good soldier all year and, and had, uh, uh toiled on the, uh, on the taxi squad. Um, it, Bizarre treatment. Uh, it's 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 not a way to uh, develop a goaltender or any other player for that matter. Yeah, it seemed like Charlie Lindgren was doing everything he was asked by Montreal that season. You mentioned where he spent basically the entire time on the taxi squad. He played three AHL games. That was it. He, he won two of them, which was pretty good. But uh, if you're a young goaltender. Do you want to just be practicing and traveling around with an NHL team, or would you rather have an opportunity to play, whether it be NHL or AHL? And understanding that, uh, I guess, putting in this taxi squad goaltender was a little bit of a weird thing and something that 
some NHL GMs weren't particularly planning to have to do. They weren't necessarily prepared, but just to stick Lindgren there the entire season, that's that's pretty dirty. And you mentioned having Primo leapfrog over Lindgren and get into some NHL games. That's uh, not a very good look uh, by the Montreal Canadiens and their player development. So Lindgren moved on. Um, he, he left the Canadians organization, signed by the St. Louis Blues for last season. Um, and uh, he had a, a phenomenal season. Um, he was called up in December uh, by the Blues. Um, and uh, he was the talk of the NHL for the month of December. Had a, a 5-0-0 record, uh, 1.22 goals against average, 9.58 save percentage in five games with the Blues, he was, it was unbelievable. Um, and that, uh, complemented by an excellent season uh, with the Springfield uh, Thunderbirds, uh, uh, St. Louis's AHL affiliate, one of the top goaltenders in the AHL last season. Uh, he went 24-7-1, and one, uh, three shutouts, 221 goals against, and a 925 save percentage. Uh, he was in the top five of all um, uh, goaltending categories in in the NHL in the AHL last season, and then went into the playoffs uh, and took his team uh, with Joel Hofer uh, to the Calder Cup final. Um, just a, a, a first season out uh, from under Montreal, uh, and it was a, a spectacular one for Lindgren. And that uh, was good enough to earn him a three-year, $3.3 million contract with the Washington Capitals and a one-way contract, I might add. Uh, This may have come as a little bit of a surprise to a lot of different people, but you know what? Great for Charlie Lindgren going in, being a backup. Uh, He'll be behind Darcy Kemper, and what an opportunity for him in Washington. I don't know that he would have received that same opportunity in Montreal, unfortunately. And, and that's, you know, uh, you said maybe a surprise to, um, uh, to, to people in Montreal, maybe Canadians fan. Wasn't a surprise at all to hockey people. You talk to scouts, you know, scout quite well, uh, who v- tried to trade for, uh, his team tried to trade for Charlie Lindgren. Um, he, is, he was a valued uh, back, and he signed on day one of free agency. Um, as you said, a one-way contract, $3.3 million, um, and, and is in a nice uh, tandem situation with Stanley Cup winning uh, Darcy Kemper. Um, so it, it seemed uh, appropriate to us uh, to take time to sit down and speak uh, in a one-on-one exclusive interview for Rocket Sports with Charlie Lindgren. Well, Rick, I... Surprisingly, I looked back in my calendar and uh, we are only about seven or eight days off to the year exactly since the last time that we had our good friend Charlie Lindgren on the show. And at that time, we were uh, last summer, just at about this time, we were talking with him about an exciting new contract he had just signed with the St. Louis Blues. And I am very pleased to say uh, we get to welcome Charlie back to the show today to talk about I would say an even more exciting new contract ahead. Uh, Charlie Lindgren, welcome back to the show here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Goaltender for the Washington Capitals. Man, it feels good to say that. It sounds terrific. Thanks a lot, guys, for having me. It's always great talking to you guys. 
Well, uh, like I said, uh, you know, it's it's hard. A lot happens in a year um, and it's hard to believe that it it was it was a year ago that that we were kind of having this conversation just in a different light. Uh, This summer must have been a bit of a whirlwind for you coming off of 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 a whirlwind season, I imagine. Um, Can you can you I guess first let's just talk about the Washington deal. Uh, What uh, what was that process like? What was free agency day like for you? And and why was it Washington that you ultimately settled with? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, going into it, um, you know, first off, I felt, uh, you know, I was very thankful um, in the position I was in this year. Um, you know, obviously with the way uh, last season went with St. Louis and Springfield, you know, I, I knew I had put myself in a really good situation. And, uh, you know, the free agency day was, was pretty, pretty crazy. I think, uh, you know, my, my agent was, uh, was busy on the phone with, um, certainly a few teams that, uh, were intriguing, but when Washington came calling, um, it was almost one of those things where I knew right away, that's where I wanted to go. Um, you know, I have a couple of buddies on Washington, Nick Dowd and Nick Jensen, who, uh, they both played at my own mother of St. Cloud. Um, I got good relationship with them. They've always talked very highly of Washington and, um, you know, obviously with Montreal, I've, I've, uh, you know, been in DC a couple of times. I always really enjoyed the city. Uh, and you know, obviously it's a, it's a really good hockey team, great living situation. So I, I couldn't be more excited. So I'm really, uh, looking forward to it. So what kind of, uh, what have, have, uh, you, you said you had those connections, uh, from St. Cloud with Nick Dowd, Nick Jensen, what have they told you to expect, uh, coming into training camp in just a few weeks with the Capitals? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, the first thing they talked about is just how, how great the locker room is there. Um, you know, they got a, a lot of guys that have been around for a long time, uh, but just a really good group. And I think that's something that's, uh, for me, um, that's very attracting. I think last year, uh, you know, speaking to my Springfield team, we were an extremely close team. And uh, I also could see the same thing with the, the locker room in St. Louis. I think that's so important. So, um, you know, that was very important to me. And uh, just, you know, a lot of the guys live in, uh, Arlington, Virginia. Um, and that's, you know, they, they speak very highly of that, which I think is important. Just, um, you know, having a really good living situation and, um, and yeah, it's just, uh, it's a great opportunity. Uh, and like I said, I, I really can't, I, I couldn't be more excited. So I'm just, uh, I'm really, really looking forward to that. So this, uh, this signing, obviously we, we, we have the biggest congratulations for you. Uh, you know, we, so happy for you. You deserve it. You know, the, to, to, to land this kind of a deal is a true testament to the work that you've put in. As we were talking about before the show, in, for the last six years plus uh, that, that you've been a, a pro goaltender. This past season with St. Louis, you know, when we talked to you last summer, you were very optimistic that the change in scenery was going to be a, a, a bit of a game changer for you and that you felt very confident that, that you were going to have a, a a, a real breakout season and you you did you had a you had a phenomenal season last year no matter where you were playing um so there's a, a few kind of moments through the season that we just want to kind of walk you back through and and talk about a bit and I guess you know after a you, you started the season in Springfield putting up exceptional numbers right away for a couple of months a really solid start with the Thunderbirds uh and that earned you uh when when 
the opportunity came that St. Louis needed someone to to come up. Uh, you seem to be the obvious choice for them uh, getting your NHL call up and then proceeded to. I mean, you were the headline around the NHL for the better part of a week or more, setting records, going five and oh. I mean, just what was that experience like for you? And and how much more did that, that just further solidify for you everything you had been working for? Yeah, it was uh, it was so amazing. It was that. That whole month of December, I, you know, I've been telling everyone that's probably, uh, it's probably my favorite month of my whole life. Um, <laughs> you know, it just was, uh, it was a whirlwind. Like you said, it felt like it, it went by so fast, but when I got called up to St. Louis, uh, you know, I was playing with so much confidence in Springfield. I just carried that confidence over to St. Louis. And, uh, and like, like I said earlier, I mean, I couldn't, uh, I can't say enough good things about uh, St. Louis and the locker room they have there and the environment, the culture. Uh, they just do things the right way. And um, and that's why I think uh, it, it really helped me. It was a seamless transition, and uh, it's a very talented hockey team too. And so, um, you know, winning, uh, going 5-0, and and especially the, the win against Montreal, that's, uh, you know, that was a cherry on top. <laughs> uh, just uh, felt really good, and it was just a heck of a month and just uh, yeah, super proud about that. Well, you were the guy with, with Jordan Bennington out with COVID and Billy Huso got, got injured. And you, you have talked with us in the past of having your own net. It was your net. You were the guy in, in St. Louis and uh, you had won three games. And then uh, the Canadians came to town uh, at the enterprise center and, and much of the, much of the discussion pregame was about uh, Jake Allen, who was making his first return. Um, yep. And but at the end of the game, it was all about uh, Charlie Lindgren with the four-one victory over uh, over the the Canadians. And um, Renault Lavoie was there and interviewed you right out. You were the first star uh, interviewed you, and it, it was kind of a. Um, I, I don't know, a, a, a moment for you, something you had to do uh, and, and now have moved on from, uh, kind of slaying old dragons, uh, that sort of thing. Back-to-back uh, -back terrific games there for the St. Louis Blues. Obviously a great run on home ice. Darren Pang up here in the broadcast booth and Charlie Lindgren, the first star. Uh, the goaltender from Minnesota is going to join us there from the bench. Congratulations there, uh, Chucky boy, great stuff. The fans loved it. Nice little applause for you and uh, a sound hockey game. Congratulations. Frickin' A right. Feels good. Thank you. Charlie, you and Jake Allen swapped. I mean, obviously, Jake being a longtime St. Louis Blue and you being uh, five years in the Montreal Canadiens organization, what does it mean to you to win this game against your former team? You don't even know. It feels, uh, feels incredible. I mean, it just... Uh... Being up there for five years and then coming back here and, and taking it to them, it feels, uh, feels phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I remember, uh, you know, I've told the story before, um, you know, the previous year when I was in Montreal on the taxi squad, I had written it down that, uh, you know, my number one goal is to, was to be Montreal. And so uh, for, it to, for it to happen so fast and just kind of the way it did, um, it was just, uh, it was really amazing. And, you know, obviously I have a lot of love for a lot of the guys over there. Um, excellent teammates. Um, but yeah, being able to kind of take it to them was, was, was pretty fun. So I, I really enjoyed that. And, um, yeah, definitely one of the more special moments of my hockey career. 
So you had that. You went back to Springfield and and um, you know finished the regular season. Um, you were top five in every goaltender category in the AHL. You were one of the top goaltenders in the AHL um, throughout the towards the, the the regular season. And and you know I'm I'm sure it was uh, not fun uh, having experienced all that success in St. Louis and going back to Springfield, but. Uh, you really didn't. You really didn't show it because you were excellent the, reg- the rest of the regular season. Yeah, I mean it was. Um, you know, so uh, we had the Winter Classic in St. Louis, and then uh, we got in the plane after that. And I kind of knew, um, you know, my time was coming to an end in St. Louis. I could just kind of see the writing on the wall, and Huso was getting healthy, and Bennington was all, um, already back, and um, so I knew I was going to eventually go go back down to Springfield, and so. I think that definitely helped with just, um, you know, my attitude was, was, uh, where, where it needed to be. Um, I knew that, uh, when I got sent down to Springfield, I had to, you know, essentially keep it going, keep the momentum going and, um, you know, be excited about that, which I was, cause it was really, um, we had a special thing going in Springfield just with, uh, how talented our team was and just how close we were as a group. And so, um, it was a really fun group to play behind, um, you know, and then Joel Hofer and I really ham and egged all year. I mean, we switched, uh, <laughs> it was, you know, we were splitting starts, um, you know, our, our goalie, goalie coach, uh, pretty much didn't even have to tell us what game we were playing. Cause it was, you know, it was every other, every other. And so, uh, we just got into a really good mojo. And so it was, uh, yeah, the, you know, we ended, we had like a one week period and, um, you know, with, I think it was like late or mid April where we were playing some, uh, we weren't playing our best hockey, but then the last two, three weeks of the season, we kind of picked it back up again. And then we, you know, we obviously rode that momentum, um, in the playoffs. So, uh, and then playoffs is a whole different beast. Well, that's, that's just it. As Rick said, you know, you, you, you obviously put your stamp on the AHL regular season. Uh, you put your stamp on your, on your NHL season and the appearances that you made, um, even managed, you know, necessity re- required you to be recalled again for a brief amount of time in the, in the playoffs as well. But you talk about how special the Springfield team was and, and the momentum you guys were riding. Um, just could you have imagined a year ago going into, into the season that, that you would then be helping this team ride the wave all the way through to the Calder cup final, um, and oh well, there's that little thing of ousting Laval in the conference finals in, in the process <laughs> yeah. in the process as well, which was probably um, you know all all relevance to the fact that it was the the Canadians farm team as uh, aside was one of the better uh, series of hockey that I saw in the playoffs in the Calder Cup playoffs period throughout uh, the yeah. entire playoffs. But just yeah. what did all of that mean to you? Just just to be able to to take it to the at the AHL level, you got to, you know, just shy of getting to to hoist the Calder Cup. But but nevertheless, uh, just an absolutely monumental way to end the season. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was unbelievable. Um, you know, we played Wilkes-Barre off uh, the first round and. Uh, we beat them and, you know, we won our first like six games. We, we had two sweeps in a row, I believe. And then, you know, that, like you said, that series with Laval was just, um, you know, it was epic. I think, um, you know, obviously the, 
the atmosphere in Laval. We all we all knew it was going to be second to none, and um, obviously they showed out, and it was amazing. Um, and uh, and yeah, beating them in the uh, in the game was it game five or game seven? I can't even remember. It was, it was game seven. seven it, it went to seven. Yeah. Yeah, game seven. So, um, but yeah, that was uh, you know I say beating Montreal was was probably number one. I think this was uh, boy, it's it's close. Um, <laughs> that was awfully special. Um, and yeah, then you know we just played a that Chicago Wolves team. You know that's probably probably the best American Hockey League team I've ever seen. Um, just top to bottom, forwards, defensemen, goalies. Uh, you know, they were just, uh, they were a handful and, you know, we won the first game in Chicago and, uh, we just, we, after that, we just couldn't, uh, they, I think they kind of figured it out a little bit and, uh, they made a tough one on us, but would have loved to, to hoist the cup. That would have been obviously, uh, you know, that's what everyone wants to do and only one team can do it. So that's, uh, that was tough. Uh, and especially I hated losing in, in Springfield, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, that's the way she goes. And I think, uh, you carry that, uh, you know, that case with you into the summer. And I think, um, you know, all you can do is, is use it uh, as, as something positive. So, yeah, I look back on last season as a whole, and I obviously just, um, like I said, I just, you know, feel extremely thankful and blessed and uh, and happy with the way it went. And uh, But summer's so short where you can you can kind of just smile about it for a little bit, and then it's, <laughs> you got to hop back on the horse and, and get after it again. So, um, so, yeah, that's what I've been trying to do. During your playoff run, uh, you're you're with Springfield going for the Calder Cup. At the same time, uh, your brother Ryan with the Rangers is on his his own playoff run. Um, and at that point, um, in the Athletic, Michael Russo decided to focus a bit on your family, which I thought was a really well done article featuring um, the Lindgren hockey family. Uh, the three boys all playing hockey, and the pair and the reaction. I think. That was that was what was uh, most endearing was focusing on on your dad Bob your your mom Jennifer uh, your your dad being a, a, a former uh, collegiate goaltender and and uh, talking about the the motions he goes through and and what it takes to keep up with two boys uh, you know in in the playoffs and and uh, it was how, how was. I guess just talk about your family and, and the support that, uh, that they've, they've given you throughout. Yeah. I mean, it was a really, really fun time with, uh, for our family and obviously very stressful. Um, you know, my brothers and I will tell you, I mean, we, we owe everything to our parents. Uh, you know, they've given us everything and, um, just so thankful for them and just so happy that they get to, you know, kind of share the experience and share the rides with us. And, um, you know, it's so fun that, you know, they went out and saw me play in the playoffs and, and they went out and saw Ryan a couple of times and, you know, they're, they're just our biggest fans. And so, um, you know, when, when you see, uh, you know, our parents and our, you know, my brothers and, uh, grandpa and all that, when they're just so happy and so proud with the way we're doing on the ice, it makes everything worth it. That's for sure. Speaking of um, articles of, of relevance, um, I took note of, of an article that recently came out in In Goal magazine that uh, featured a, a lengthy interview with you as well 
um, and talked a bit about an equipment change that I don't know a lot of people uh, or perhaps are aware of this new product or the fact that you were one of very few pro goaltenders who adopted this new gear last year. Uh, and you had some interesting quotes in this article talking about how 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 you feel about the product and and how it helped you have such a, a you know, in addition to all the hard work, the skill, the talent, the perseverance that you're putting in, but also how just as something to what some may seem as as simple as changing your skates uh, did for you last season. Can you can you talk about uh, what uh, the boot that you're wearing and 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 how that's been going for you? Yeah, I mean it's uh, uh, you know the Bauer rep in Minnesota. His name's Tim. He um, he came to me and uh, another goalie, Hunter Miska, last August when we were skating and. Uh, he brought this this Bauer skate that looked uh, very similar to what a ski boot would look like, uh, and so he, he showed it to us. And uh, you know, Hunter and I remember we just kind of looked at each other and <laughs> we were just like, "Is this guy is this guy serious?" But uh, but no, I, I you know I tried it on and uh, and got it fitted, and I ended up using it for the skate, and I just uh, immediately really fell in love with it, and so. Um, so yeah, I think I was, uh, you know, I was certainly the first. Uh, I believe I was the first guy to actually wear them in competitive hockey games, um, and so I wore them all last year. Uh, you know, I was in a true skate before, and you know, true makes really a really good skate, and a lot of guys uh, really like them. Um, but for me, they were just maybe a little bit too stiff. Where these uh, new Bauer skates, um, you know, you got more ankle flexion in them, and you just kind of feel like you're more on the uh, for me to like the balls of my feet and, um, and you know, probably the skates are probably the number one thing that you, uh, probably the number one equipment for a goaltender and probably, uh, players, probably the number one, most important, uh, piece of equipment. And so just really, uh, from the start, I mean, when I tried them on that first skate, I just, I really loved them. And, um, I've been in them ever since, you know, I, I wore them before Andre Vasilevsky. So I think maybe Vasilevsky <laughs> was maybe watching me play. I don't know. There you go. Uh, you, <laughs> I just get it. But, uh, but no, you certainly see uh, a lot of guys you can see now this summer are, are gravitating towards them. Uh, I think they're on the shelf now and um, yeah, they're certainly uh, changing the game. That's for sure. Um, you know, it's really nice. You don't have to tie skates anymore. I haven't tied skates in over a year. Oh, wow. Uh, takes about, 10 seconds to, for, uh, to put the skates on. And so, yeah, it's, uh, but it's a very well-made skate and I'm sure, um, you know, it's going to go through a lot of changes in the next couple of years, I'm sure. Um, but certainly a, a great development and uh, a skate that I'm very happy to be in for sure. Well, you, you mentioned the two parts of the skate that are, are radically different from anything else. And that's that hinge point, uh, that allows yep. you better contact with the ice, but also you talk about the uh, the buckles and no more tying. Uh, just the ability to get the same tension uh, every yep. time, you know. Um, I, I think sure. that's that's huge. Yeah, it's just consistency, and that's uh, it's exactly what you want. So same tightness every time. You don't have to to really screw around with anything. I mean, it's just uh, you put them on and you go. And so. Um, so yeah, it's a uh, it's a it's a phenomenal skate. So uh, and I, I'm excited to see kind of where they keep on going with it because I'm sure there's a lot they they'll continue to do. And um, you know, I think Bauer uh, certainly one of the uh, certainly I think the best uh, brand in hockey. So 
Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been cool to see. And, uh, I like seeing other guys get in them as well. Do you have Kemper converted into them yet? I don't think so. I don't, I don't know. I actually, I can't tell you. I don't know what, I don't know what he wears. So that's a good question. I'll find out in a couple of weeks. Nice. Well, speaking of Darcy Kemper, um, you know, Washington really, uh, really came through big with their tandem this year, uh, securing you and Darcy Kemper. Um, can you describe a bit what you're most excited about getting to work? Uh, you know, we know that you've, we know that you've worked with, uh, you know, some exceptional NHL goaltenders in, in, in the past in your pro career, Carey Price being one of them, of course, but as far as Darcy Kemper goes, just describe what, what you're looking forward to in, in terms of being in a tandem with Darcy Kemper and, and what you're looking forward to sharing the net with him this season. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to, him, uh, you know, being uh, his partner. And, I, you know, I've heard really nothing but good things about him. We actually share the same agent. And um, so, yeah, I've talked to numerous people, and they all speak very highly of him. And, you know, I've always admired him as a, as a goaltender. Um, you know, I remember him back when he, when he was with the Wild. And, um, you know, I've always thought he was uh, certainly one of the better goalies in the NHL. And so... Um, and then obviously I was very happy to see him lift the cup this year. Um, you know, that was unbelievable and what a run they had. And, um, so yeah, we've, we've exchanged some texts and, you know, certainly looking forward to, to really officially meeting him and, um, you know, uh, forming a relationship and, you know, really looking forward to the partnership with him. Amy mentioned, uh, Carrie Price, uh, some disappointing news, uh, last week. We're not, we're not here to speculate on that. I, I just wondered if, um, you can talk about your relationship with Carrie Price and some things that, uh, you might've learned with, uh, learned from him over the years. Yeah. I mean, uh, for me and, uh, Carrie, you know, he, re- he really meant the world to me. I think, um, you know, I was a young, you know, immature kid when I, kind of signed with Montreal and, you know, I thought he did a really good job right from the start of, of kind of taking me in. And, you know, he was always uh, extremely open with me and, you know, throughout my years there in Montreal, we really, um, you know, we definitely grew closer and um, just a guy that uh, I certainly, uh, I think the world of, um, you know, I saw the same news that you saw. It's just, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's sad to see. And, uh, you know, you obviously hope that he, that he can, you know, make a comeback. And if he can't, you know, I know he's going to be, uh, he's going to be okay just because, um, you know, he, he's, uh, such a humble down to earth guy. And, um, certainly, um, you know, when I look back at my career to be able to, to say that I shared the ice with, um, truly really one of the greats in the position and Carey Price, um, you know, that's something that I'm going to be super proud of. And, you know, we still uh, will ex- exchange texts here and there. And, um, you know, we have a lot of similar interests and hobbies. And, um, you know, hopefully he's a guy that, uh, you know, we'll be able to stay in touch for, for a long time. But, um, you know, can't, uh, I honestly, yeah, I can't say enough good things about him. And, you know, I just uh, I truly hope the best for him. So Amy said it's been a year that since we've uh, last talked to you. And in that year, there's been uh, all kinds of changes, both on the ice and, and uh, successes and, and uh, on, in your personal life as well. You had the, the best season of your career. Um, you got married. Uh, you're, you've been married almost a year now. Um, yeah. and, and you, and congratulations on that. And, and you bought a house. I, I noticed you bought a house in, 
uh, Dinah, Minnesota. And, and um, that, that name uh, has a particular relevance to uh, me, who was a kid growing up in Thunder Bay and, and um, our family vacations every year. We'd take the, we'd drive down to Minneapolis and spend a week there and going to Twins games. And my mom would go to Target and get us loaded up and ready for, uh, you know, back to school. Stayed in modest means in a motel, the Aqua City Motel on Lindale Avenue. And, and, um, but we, my mom would say from time to, oh, the, you know, Adina, Minnesota, that's, that's where the, the wealthy people live. And, <laughs> and so she got my dad one year, I remember, she got my dad to drive over uh, to Adina to the Southdale Mall because she wanted to see what Dayton's was like. It was Dayton's uh, department store in, in Southdale Mall. And I, I don't think she bought anything, but she just wanted to see what, you know, the other side <laughs> looked like. And now there is Charlie Lindgren in Adina. Rick, I'm almost upset you brought that up that I'm, I'm <laughs> moving to Edina or living in Edina now. Uh, no, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's always had the reputation, you know, growing up in Minnesota, it's, uh, it's where the spoiled kids are. Um, you know, Edina is, is famously known in Minnesota as every day I need attention. They're <laughs> constantly called cake eaters. Oh, um, no. You know, really really no one outside Edina likes Edina. Um, and that's just, uh, the fact of it. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm happy to say I'm, I'm an Edina resident now. Um, you know, uh, my wife and I and, and dog are truly, uh, enjoying it. It's a, you know, it's a great spot, great location. Um, you know, we're close to everything and, um, you know, it's, it's been a great house and a great situation for us. So, We've been really happy with it, but, uh, yeah, you asked me, you want to ask me last on last year's podcast, if I ever could imagine living in Edina, I'd say, you know, heck no, but, uh, <laughs> here we are now. So what a difference a year makes. And <laughs> Ryan's, Ryan's yeah. there too. And Ryan's there too. Yeah. Ryan lives about a mile away from me. Oh, so, that's great. Yeah. Ryan bought, uh, he bought his probably, Maybe about a year before I did, um, and he's got a he's, yeah he's got a great house and he's got a couple of roommates that he lives with. Um, so so yeah, we're both uh, we're both here and we're both happy and um, so yeah, it's uh, Edina residence. So last year, uh, you know, we we kind of wrap things up last year by asking you, you know, what you envisioned for yourself and your expectations for yourself for the year ahead, and I I certainly think that you not only fulfilled everything that you kind of predicted for yourself last August, but, but perhaps even surpassed in, in some areas. So I have to ask you the same thing now this season, what, what for you going into this new season, new organization, um, you know, you're, you're playing in the NHL. What is your vision for your season ahead and your, and your expectations aside from getting ready to, to get to take shots, uh, on Ovi taking shots on you in practice. <laughs> I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm excited about that. Um, but no, this is, you know, this season coming up, it's, uh, you know, this is probably the season I'm most looking forward to or most excited, you know, than I've ever been. Um, just, uh, like I had said, it's, this opportunity is just, uh, it's really amazing. And, you know, I guess, um, to answer that question, I mean, 
uh, the number one thing is I want to make a positive impression on, you know, the coaching staff, uh, my teammates, certainly. I want to be a guy that, uh, you know, the team enjoys being around. And, um, you know, I want to be the hardest working guy on the ice. And, um, and yeah, just uh, go out and, you know, compete and, and uh, you know, uh, make a good name for the, the Washington Capitals. And, yeah, just go out and try to get as many wins as possible and, you know, I'm not going to, uh, you know, I don't want to look too far ahead, but just uh, really just go out and do my job and, and have fun doing it. I think that's the number one thing. I, I know when I'm having fun and, um, you know, I'm happy where I'm at, certainly that's uh, that's when all things uh, seem to go the best. So I think the situation coming up, uh, it really couldn't be better. And um, just uh, I'm just thrilled about it. And I'm guessing you want to be between the pipes when the Rangers come to town. Um uh, That'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be fun. So I think, uh, same division. Uh, we've looked, at the, we've looked yeah, oh yeah, same division. We looked at the schedule. I think the first game is, uh, December 27th. So we'll be, you know, we'll probably have Christmas together as a family and then we'll, we'll probably all take off and, and head, uh, I think the first one's in, uh, in New York. So I believe, um, so, yeah, I'm sure that'll be, uh, that'll be, that'll be uh, a great Christmas dinner. And then uh, it's kind of the app, uh, the appetizer uh, to the right. real thing on, on the 27th. So that'll be, that'll be really fun. Charlie, we can't say congratulations loudly enough or emphatically enough. We know how hard you have been working. Uh, you've we've we've been so pleased to see your successes along the way and, and how determined you've been. And, and I've always kept your head up through any adversity uh, and just really congratulations on, on the contract and, and we're confident that you're going to be successful in the year ahead. Well, Rick and Amy, thank you both. Um, yeah. I can't thank you guys enough for all your support. And it's always uh, such a blast talking to you both. Um, you know, you guys are just, uh, you guys are amazing people. So anytime uh, feel free to give me a call. So thank you guys. Really appreciate it. That was a great interview. Um, I uh, really enjoyed speaking to Charlie. And as you heard, we, we covered all kinds of topics there. Um, he's, he's, you know, we're, we're fans of, of great stories and good people. And, and Charlie Lindgren is one of the best people that we've met uh, in hockey. Um, comes from a good family, has good uh uh, down-to-earth values, very humble. And, and I think that's why I felt that I could joke with him that he's moving into, uh, uh, that he has moved into the wealthy area uh, of Minneapolis, the suburb, uh, because, I mean, that's not going to change Charlie Lindgren. He is, uh, he's as grounded as uh, they come um, in, uh, in the NHL. And uh, as I said, we're, yes, he's, he's a player who's moved on to an organization, but I hope our listeners appreciate um, that, uh, you know, we, we, can, we can root for good people. And, uh, and uh, Charlie Lindgren is absolutely uh, one of the best people in the NHL. Yeah, thanks again to Charlie Lindgren. I enjoyed that interview quite a bit as well. Um, looking forward to hopefully hearing from him again soon. Uh, I'm I would like to know what it's like to back up for Darcy Kemper, and I'm curious if he's going to be able to convince Kemper to switch his skates out for uh, <laughs> that was a different one. A fascinating uh, that he was an early adopter of those Connect skates from Bauer, and and uh, actually, uh, obviously, uh, performed uh, quite well on on them as he 
as he joked that uh, he he got there uh, and and was using them before Andre Vasilevsky and others, Kapokaknin and and uh, even Jake Edinger um, apparently has been working with them over the summer. So um, that that uh, new evolution in, in skating is uh, you're likely to see more and more of that with uh, goaltenders this season. Yeah, and just before we head to uh, our final break, um, I think there are a lot of lessons that we can learn from the Canadians organization and how they've treated prospects in the past. I think uh, bottom line for me, the prospects have to be put in a good position to succeed and a position where they're going to be able to play as well. Uh, You, you want to insulate them. You want to make sure they don't lose their confidence. Uh, Obviously too much too soon. Isn't particularly a good thing. I think we've seen that a little bit with Caden Primo. Hopefully that changes. But you know what? I, be- I believe in development, uh, especially through the AHL being very effective. And uh, I'll also note that bouncing between NHL and AHL over and over again, not really great either. So hopefully we'll see what happens uh, and what the Montreal Canadiens can do with uh, their prospects this season. No, you're absolutely right that there is a balance. There is a balance uh, between insulating your prospects and providing them opportunities to both succeed and fail. You have to be willing, you know, okay, we, we heard uh, uh, that, that the message this year is that the focus is on intentions, not results. So that says to me, and I hope uh, that, that we see it in both the NHL and AHL, is that prospects have the opportunity to uh to, to be in positions of responsibility. Um, and there's going to be times that they fail, but you can't then just yank them off the ice and nail them to the bench. Uh, they have to be put right back out there uh, and learn from their mistakes. And, and uh, so that's why we talked last week about 16 NHL forwards. We know there's too many NHL forwards. Um, that doesn't give a, a great opportunity to, for development. Um, but those kind of obstacles, those barriers have to be removed uh, so that uh, the coaching staff is, is able to put uh, prospects in positions um, of responsibility so they get that experience. Um, hasn't happened in the past. Um, now a, a new regime, a new system uh, with uh, 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 Hughes and Gorton and, and uh, Marty St. Louis and and I think that it's brought new hope uh, to Canadians fans, and hopefully it, it will pay dividends for this exciting prospect pipeline that we talked about of prospects uh, for the Montreal Canadiens in the next few years. Yeah, seventh best in the league if uh, you're listening to Corey Pronman. Uh, Habs fans have a lot to be excited about here. Uh, very well put by you, Rick. Now uh, we will take our final break. Uh, Stay with us. You are listening to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. 
Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit Rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Welcome back to episode 206 of the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Plus, visit the website canadiansconnection.com. Also, feel free to text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line 5853-ROCKET. So what, uh, what an interview with Charlie Lindgren. Uh, again, big thanks to him for uh, stopping by and chatting with uh, Rick and Amy. I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Yeah, it was, uh, it was fun, and I think our listeners will enjoy that too. Uh, just a great hockey guy, uh, a really nice guy to talk to about all kinds of things. So as you know, uh, here at Rocket Sports, we like to help everyone stay up to date with everything Montreal Canadiens. And some of the best ways to do that is head over to our All Habs hockey magazine at allhabs.net. Weekly, we put out our Habs notepad written by Chris G. That will come out every single week. And also, we'll sprinkle in our Habs headlines as they happen. We also have some newer content available on YouTube Every Thursday, hosted by Amy Johnson, the Habs Hockey Report releases a new episode. This last episode was entitled Late Summer Intrigue, Sean Monahan, Carey Price. So Amy goes in-depth on the Sean Monahan trade and talks a little bit about the comments from uh, Kent Hughes in regards to Carey Price. Uh, if you have not checked this out yet, I really recommend heading over to All Habs Magazine on YouTube. Like and subscribe. I'll also leave comments. Amy is great about responding to comments. Sometimes she even reads them on uh, the next episode. So any questions you have, uh, leave them there for Amy, and she will be sure to answer them. YouTube.com slash allhabs. And, um, yeah, we, we just ask one thing from you. We put out a lot of good content. We just ask you to subscribe. Subscribe, like, comment. Uh, that's how you can do your part. And, and, and enjoy, because uh, the videos are great. 
We're coming up on the end of uh, August here, and uh, Rocket Sports Radio podcasts have been with you right through the summer. Uh, Canadians Connection podcast has been happening every Saturday, and it will continue to happen every single Saturday going forward. This is your uh, source for all Habs news and all everything Habs discussion-wise, so make sure you hit that subscribe button while you're listening to this. Also, if you like prospects and uh, if you like the Laval Rocket, you're going to want to check out the Press Zone coming out every Tuesday evening. Uh, Rick and Amy host this podcast and uh, they keep you up to date with everything Habs Prospects. So again, we'll just remind you to subscribe. We really appreciate. We're very grateful for all our new listeners uh, in the off season. We've, uh, as you said, uh, Michael, we've been here every single week, uh, giving you content that you can take with you wherever you go to the beach, to the backyard, uh, lying out in the sun, uh, wherever you are. You've had a Canadians Connection podcast and uh, a Press Zone podcast, and we're grateful to you because we've noticed. In the last three months, um, our our downloads are up 70% over the last 90 days. Very grateful uh, to you that making uh, us uh, your top podcast for Montreal Canadiens. And um, so we just ask you, uh, with all the new listeners and all those ones from Slovakia too, uh, which we uh, welcome, uh, make sure you subscribe uh, so you'll get us every single week during the season. And calling out, join our Rocket Sports team. Uh, if you enjoy writing, if you enjoy podcasting, if you enjoy the Montreal Canadiens or hockey in general, make sure to reach out to us if you have any interest in joining our Rocket Sports team. Uh, Rick, what's the best way for people to do that? Go to allhabs.net, look for our Join Our Team tab, and there's a, a little bit of an application for you to fill out. And uh, if you're um, you know, if you're in college and, and university uh, studying journalism, studying communications, you want some experience. If you're a newly gradu- graduated um, a person who's looking to add some experience to their resume, or if you're just a, you know, an experienced hockey mind, you have some things to say and you need a platform, uh, we're looking to connect with you. So allhabs.net, join our team tab. Yeah, and I'll reiterate uh, what I mentioned uh, a little bit last week too. Uh, last September, I was someone that uh, stumbled upon Rocket Sports and the fact that they were looking to add on new people. And now I have the opportunity to host this wonderful podcast, the Canadians Connection podcast, every Saturday with uh, Rick Stevens. So very thankful for the opportunity. And uh, you know what? I recommend to anybody who is thinking about it, uh, you know what? Consider joining Rocket Sports. We're awfully glad to have you. So we'll have our Canadians Connection question of the week. As I teased out of the top of the show, uh, the question is, which Habs prospect are you most excited to see play with the Canadians? And uh, we talked about a lot of prospects. This We've been focused on prospects and the development of prospects throughout. Uh, which one are you excited to see? Put on the CH. Um, we want to hear from you. Uh, uh, reach out to us uh, either uh, by our Rocket Sports text line, on email, or certainly on social media. I believe we have a, a comment on Facebook from one of our listeners uh, in regards to Carey Price. Uh, we, why don't you read that one out, Rick? <laughs> sure. Um, we have such a, an enormous group, uh, more than 50,000. Habs fans uh, on our official All Habs Facebook page, facebook.com slash All Habs. Make sure you like that page and you can join in the discussion there. And there's uh, there was a, 
Um, a lot of discussion about Carey Price. Uh, of course, it's unknown what the future uh, will bring for Carey Price. Um, there was um, um, a lot of, of uh, uh, well wishes uh, for him to return um, and, um, and, and good thoughts. I mean, Carey Price has been the backbone of this franchise uh, uh, for the last 15 years. And, um, but there was, there were some harsh comments too. And, and, um, you know, many fans didn't understand. Yes, there's, there's Bruins fans. Yes, there are Leafs fans who would have died to have Carey Price on the, on their roster. Uh, but also from so-called Habs fans too, there was some harsh comments about him tying up the cap. And of course we, we, cleared up that myth last week about um he's not holding up a thing um that uh and doesn't have any effect on on the, the canadians uh salary cap so this came from a um, um a subscriber called rick d uh and rick d e e um he his comment is this and thought it was kind of a nice summary of of uh the conversation that's gone on on our Facebook page. Rick says, I honestly can't believe how many harsh comments are in here. The man, Carey Price, is nothing but kind, helps the community, is engaging with fans, and overall a great dude. So why the hate? People lately hate for, just for the sake of it. It's getting uh, sickness and, and honestly tiring. Every comment thread, there's an argument. Anyways, Carey Price will be missed as he's been such an amazing player on and off the ice. Uh, nice comment from Rick and kind of summarizing his feelings about the, the debate, I guess, as it, as it were on, uh, on our uh, Facebook page. Yeah. Thank you, Rick D for that comment. Uh, I completely agree. And um, I, if anyone else has any uh, comments and whatnot, uh, they want to leave in regards to Carrie price, have, head over to facebook.com slash all Habs. Uh, we would love to hear from you. So coming up, uh, I, I guess there aren't any specific important dates for Montreal Canadiens fans, but uh, like I said last week, uh, we're approaching the end of August, so keep an eye on uh, Habs showing up to Broussard for uh, practicing. Uh, things are going to start to heat up pretty soon. Yeah, we'll get a, a rather large influx of players. I, know, I noticed, um, who was it, Joel Edmondson uh, put out uh, uh, something on his Instagrams saying, this is how I spent my summer and some lovely pictures of all the, the things that he did over the summer uh, with his family. And, and now he's heading to Montreal. So it's kind of, um, you know, getting back together, the, the, the Canadians will start to assemble. Some of them are already have, um, we talked about it, have spent a good portion of the time uh, in Montreal and, um, but next week, when we come back, it's going to be September already. Uh, and that means training camps are not too far away. So that's going to be a wrap for us today. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player or on your favorite podcasting app. You can also share on social media if you would like. Enjoy the week. We will be back here next Saturday, September the 3rd, for another great episode. Thank you for listening to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs>